This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2700. I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to a milestone show. Episode 2700 is indicative of, of having invested a lot of my personal time and effort into serving you, my audience, during times where you may be struggling. And I thought I would bring out an interview I did probably about two years ago with a woman named Cheryl Grace, uh, who has her own show. And you can find her on LinkedIn. You can find her in Apple Podcasts. <coughs> Excuse me. This is a show I did with her. You know, she interviewed a number of people. And I was the last one on the schedule. And uh, I think I faked my fatigue pretty well. And I talk about how to effectively interview. And it's a condensed version of coaching that I do for people. If you can watch it on Spotify, Cheryl puts up a couple of cards that kind of summarize what I'm saying, but it's not necessary. You can listen to it wherever you like. Uh, I want to thank you for listening or watching the show for however long it's been. You are the reason I keep doing this show year in and year out. And I'll be back in just one moment. So Jeff is going to talk to us today about the importance of interviewing, and he's going to give us some tips on how to make sure you're nailing those interviews. So Jeff, what tips do you have for our our mentees? Well, I'm going to start off with the premise that most people know the typical format for an interview. You know, they say, you know, tell me about yourself and what you've been doing, and you do that. And then they start going back and forth with you to qualify what you know and what you've done. And eventually they get to the point where they say, so do you have any questions for us? And you say, could you tell me about the job? And they do that. You say, sounds great. Terrific. We'll get back to you. And it's no wonder that most people flub the interview. Okay. Because they're nice, compliant people and they go along on the conveyor belt being turned into sausage and salamis. So with that, I think of interviewing as being a little bit different. I start off with with the premise that I have confirmed so many different times, and that is job descriptions are about 80% accurate. Are only 80% accurate? It's at best 80% because no one ever updates them. Okay, that's true. So the result winds up being that you walk into an interview and you don't know which 20% isn't right and where the emphasis of the job is. So... I want you to start off an interview by asking this question. Hey, thanks so much for making time to uh, to meet with me today. You know, I spoke with Cheryl about the role, and she gave me a brief description, but I want to get your take on it. Could you tell me about the job as you see it and what I can do to help? And the first thing that does is it draws them into the conversation, and they're going to tell you the current thinking about the job. So that way you can talk about what you've done that matters to them, and not just talk about what you've done, which could be completely different than what they care about. Love it. And every hiring manager I know who I coach also loves it because they recognize the flaw in the process once once I say this. Right. And then you let them go to tell me about yourself. And instead of answering it the typical way, here's the way you should answer it. You know, I've been in the field for however long it's been. And for the last few years, I've been working for so-and-so where I've done this and that and this and that. And you reference the previous firm and do much the same thing. And here's the key phrase you've got to use. But what probably probably is most relevant for this role 
is my experience with fill in the blank. Love it. Love it, Jeff. Thank you. Because what it does is connect the dots for the interviewer. Yes. So they don't have to work so hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and as such, every answer to questions should be about a minute to a minute 20 in order to ensure you don't lose their attention because they've got lots of things going on in the course of their day. And okay, so Jeff, I need you to repeat that because we've had a couple of instances where the um, some of the mentees have given really, really long responses. And so I need you to repeat that point. My pleasure, because you have to remember we live in an ADHD culture. We're all clicking away really fast, right? TV doesn't keep us engaged. We go to something else. And interviewers are no different. You've got to give them the information quickly in one minute to one minute 15 tops. If you slip and you go to a minute 20, it's okay. But you cannot do a soliloquy as though you're performing Hamlet. <laughs> you have to give them the information or else you lose them. <laughs> It's so true. It is so true. I've been in interviews before where I've interviewed um, someone for a job and like I really don't want to like nod off in the middle of their um, and, and they've got great information. It's just too much. And I my brain can't absorb all of it. Right. Just make it easy for the interviewer to want to continue the conversation. Yeah. And, and then after this, they'll normally go to a, com a part of the conversation where they'll ask you to Tell them about experiences that you've had that are relevant. And this is where I go into story time. Mm. And stories follow a simple format. If you're inexperienced, you probably have heard of the STAR acronym. Situation or task, action, result. And the result has some quantifiable measure to it. Money saved, money earned, percentage improvement. So if you're in a role where there's no sense of how much you're financially impactful, then you talk about a percentage improvement over the norm. And the other acronym, if you're more experienced, is SOAR, S-O-A-R, Situation Objective Action Result. So this way you contextualize everything for the interviewer to give them a sense of impact. And there's always a difference as you're contextualizing this between a $5,000 project, a $500,000 project, 5 million, 50 million, 500 million and beyond. And thus you want to give them a sense of size and scope and what it was that you stepped into. That's the situation and what you had to do to get it done. What so can action... you give an example between STAR and SOAR? So with STAR, STAR is geared toward junior people. So you may just say, my manager assigned me to do such and such, or I was asked to do such and such. That becomes situation or task. So what I did was, and then you tell them about what you did. What the result was, I was able to finish four days early and thus be able to go back to everyone and see whether this met their needs and yada, yada, yada. With okay. SOAR, uh, I'll deal with a more senior person. You're a manager. You're a director. You're a leader in an organization. And thus, you might talk about, you know, I stepped into a situation where my predecessor left on short notice. As I stepped into it, I saw right away that they were behind the eight ball. They were probably two, three weeks behind at this point. And what we had to do was get this done no matter what. 
That becomes the objective. So what I did was, and you talk That's about that. Be, no, this be, what I did was is the action <laughs> with yeah. the result. And you know, I met with the different people who be using this, and the, I got this result with money saved, money earned, etc. And that's the R. So that's sore. Right. Love it. Love it. And it those... also is very much in sync with how I've been um, mentoring my mentees regarding their resumes to make them accomplishment based, not responsibility based. Because so many people, you know, I was responsible for this, this and that. Well, that's great. But what did you do and how well did you do it? Right. They talk about we, we did this, but what did you do? Right. <laughs> what did you accomplish? Yeah. What's your impact? Above and beyond what you were supposed to do. And and then there are some great questions to ask at the back end. Okay. What are so those you, great questions? So you can't ask about the job because they already answered that, right? Yeah. But you can ask a clarifying question or two. So like, you know, when you describe the position, you mentioned the focuses will be on such and such, but I notice he asked a lot of questions about whatever this is. How does this all fit together? And you kind of turn it into a puzzle for them to explain for you. Okay. Then is, let's say you hire me and I come on board. What would your expectations of me be for the first 30, 60, 90 days? Yes. Next question is, and let's say I'm on board and it's a year from now. And you are thrilled with the decision you made to hire me. What will I have accomplished during that year that will make you think that way? I love how you phrase it that way. I've never, I, I, I understand that, you know, setting yourself up for success early on is really something that I uh, make sure that our mentees understand. And, you know, and I also coach them to have like 30 day, uh, touch bases every 30 days, touch bases with their manager, but getting clarity early on on what success looks like for your boss. And a lot of people, I just had a, a call the other day where someone was saying, you know, she thought she had hit it out of the ballpark because she'd done all these extra things and her boss still gave her meets expectations. Wonk, wonk. So uh, that's why I love how you're, you're saying this. Thank you. And then there's the fun final two questions. So um, the first question is, could you give me a sense of your timetable for next steps? Yep. Because you want to know when they might be getting back to you. And thus, if they say, well, I expect we'll be in touch with the early part of next week. That's different than saying, well, I expect we'll be part back to your early part of next week to schedule another interview. Mm. Or... I'll be back to you somewhere after we finish interviewing 37 more people. <laughs> now, there's and different they're not going to tell you that, though, are they? That they're interviewing 37 more people. Well, they're signaling that they're still dating and they're not yeah. ready to get married. Yeah. And thus, it's important to know that to manage your own expectations, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And here's my favorite one. It's the final question before you say, oh, I'm interested if that's true. Is there anything that you've heard or not heard that gives you reason to hesitate about my candidacy or my, my suitability for this role? Mm, because, like some, because sometimes they're not really skillful interviewers. 
And thus they ask questions that lead you in one direction. And they really want you to go a different one. And thus this gives you one last chance to cut at it and to figure out where the deficiency is in their mind. And the way to respond to that is by going, oh, when you ask that question about such and such, oh, you were looking for my experience with this, not that. Would it be okay if I walked you through it? Yeah. (laughs) It's a light bulb moment that goes off in your head. It's like, oh, I could have answered it this way. I love that. And on their side, it's a light bulb moment for them that, you know, you did have this experience and they just framed it in a way that directed you in a different manner. And one more thing I just want to point out. Actually, two, if that's okay. That's okay. Thank you. Number one is you're an actor on the stage. You're putting on a performance. When firms hire, competence is only one thing that they're looking for. They look for self-confidence, character, chemistry, maybe a little bit of charisma, all of which adds up to we trust him, we trust her to do this role. They're going to be low maintenance. I don't have to worry about them. Mm -hmm. Low maintenance employees are the best, Jeff, the best. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And thus, they don't want to ever worry about someone. So your goal is to convince them through your manner that you're qualified, not just what you say. And the last thing is every great athlete I know practices and every great entertainer I know rehearses. But job hunters go on interviews and the first time the words ever come out of their mouth are at the interview. And then they wonder why they don't ace it. (laughs) They never, you know, we don't have the script for the play. Yeah. And, and thus, it's no wonder that they walk in, they can't ad lib. Yeah, so, you're right. You're right. One of the exercises that we gave one of our mentees was to record herself answering questions and to listen to that recording. And then we also had someone else listen to her recorded answers. And, um, and I think it was very helpful. Practice makes perfect. You're absolutely right. And mock interviews are the ideal in the way of practice. And if that's not available, you practice delivering your lines to the mirror. Yeah. And and thus you get better and you make your mistakes in advance so that in this way you get them out of your system, self-correct before you lose an opportunity that you really want to have. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways that you can get more from me. First of all, visit my website, TheBigGameHunter.us. There's a ton in the blog that can help you that's absolutely free. Go to the blog, go exploring. Like I said, a lot there to help you. If you want the important things coalesced for you, you can find out about my video courses that you can rent or buy, my books and guides. Again, there's a lot available through the site. And if you've got a question for me, Press the schedule button, schedule time for trusted advisor services so I can answer your questions. Or hire me to coach you if you're in an earlier stage of your search. I'd be very happy to help you. Hope you have a terrific day. And most importantly, be great. Take care.